are listening to Ratchet and the Geek, the intersection of social media, pop culture, and technology, brought to you by Lovey from awesomelylovey.com. She's a humor writer, a social media strategist, and the co-founder of the Red Pump Project. And me, Scott Hanselman from Hanselman.com. I'm a software engineer, web guy, former computer science professor, and a guy with too many gadgets. And together, we will bring you everything that we know and think about TV, movies, games, gadgets, stories have failed, the dumbest tweets you've ever heard, product recommendations, and lots more. Here on Ratchet and the Geek. We're back. Lucky number seven. Hi, lovey. Greetings, guys. Scandalicious. Two episodes of Scandal. We have been out last week. You were up at uh, in D.C. at the uh, inauguration. No, last week was me at a conference. I was at D.C. the other week. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know I've been in D.C. too much. But, yes, it's been my fault that we haven't recorded. And we are back, though. Boom. Have you missed us? You have. It's all right. It's true. And I have been at home, not at a conference, and also not at the inauguration. <laughs> but I have been living vicariously through your fabulousness. Man, man. Yeah, I've had a good, I've, I've had a really fun couple of weeks. But yes. Indeed, indeed. And we just stopped watching uh, the second episode of Scandal. Uh, and I just, yeah, I mean... I didn't no, think... What do you mean the second episode of Scandal? Well, there were two episodes. Oh I, oh, I didn't tell you this. Because we didn't record last week, I held on to that episode. What do you mean you held on to it? I didn't watch it last week. You didn't watch it last week? So, so you just watched it two yeah, in a I row? I watched a two-hour Scandal marathon. Oh, my God. Listen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> See, let me. I can't do that. Well, no. Since I'm caught up, if I watch two episodes in a row, I'll kind of like have them mixed up with what happened in one last episode. So, yeah. I feel very comfortable. I know which episode the naked men were in, and I know which episode the uh, ser- the the two killers were discussing things were in. So I'm pretty straight on which episode is which episode. Okay. Well. <laughs> You know what? Let's just get into it because this last episode, ah, can I say I am unable to do any cans? I, I have to refill my cans because <laughs> what's his face? Fitz became a villain overnight. I, you know, and I said on the uh, on the Scandal Lounge that that was not in character, and it blew me away. And you reminded me, of course, it's not in character. The man was shot in the head. Exactly. And, you know, his doctor repeated it a couple of times, like, keep in mind, this might change your personality. Mm -hmm. I never thought, in fact, the people who haven't watched Scandal, this is the part where you scroll forward um, in our discussion, Mm -hmm. because we're about to give you some spoilers. Yes. Yes. That's done. You you scrolled. Cool. Yes. You should not be listening if you are in season one right now. Right. The fact that he killed Verna, Mm -hmm. yo. I didn't. I mean, Yo. I knew it was happening because, I mean, I know that it's good writing, and I knew it was going to happen. But it, part of me was like, "This is not happening. This is not." And th- it was unbelievable. Why didn't he just let her, like, die a couple months later, or whenever she was going to die? Because he thought mm-hmm. she was going to give it up. No, he didn't think she was. Because if you notice, David was standing outside her hotel room. I mean, her hospital room, just waiting for him to be done. His mm. like his uh, Secret Service folks had stopped David from coming to talk to her because he was in there. Had he walked out and let David in, mm-hmm. she would have spilled all the beans, and David would have had her information. And she probably even told David to bring a 
um, recorder. Mm-hmm. So they would have had all evidence. Because if you notice, before he killed her, he says, your legacy will remain untarnished and I want mine to be the same. Mm. And that's when he pulled the plug and was like, mm-mm. Mm, mm, mm. You know, I didn't... That's because I remember I watched two in a row. I didn't understand how they were going to make this right. I, I have actually have a list of notes here and I wrote down that how are they going to keep the show going when the main character is just involved in such completely wrong evil like and everyone's going to give it up cyrus's husband's going to give it up and hollis going to give it up everyone is just like it's a mexican standoff and they're all standing there with these <laughs> political guns at each other's heads and then suddenly at the end of these of this episode it's relatively tidy again it's because here's one thing i love about shonda's team it's that you know how a lot of shows will draw like misunderstandings across like five episodes and you're like oh my god it's still this misunderstanding they clean everything up nice and tight before they finish any episode mm. and then any questions we have from last episode they answer it within the first five minutes of the next one Right, right. Like the the brilliant. See, this is actually one of the things that you didn't get to experience because you didn't. You watched them week by week. By shoving them together, I saw a killer go into an elevator, and then seconds later, a hand block the elevator because that was the end of one episode and the beginning of the next one. I think that that changed the way I experienced it. While you had a week to like think about that. Nah, because they kicked it off right where it ended last week and it was still fresh in my mind mm. that Hollis was about to die mm. so when Huck walks in at the last minute I automatically remembered what was happening last time mm. and I actually sort of expected Huck to walk in because Hollis dying would have been too convenient he is he has gone from being though the most evil character without question to just one of the evil characters Right, because so many of them are evil now. The fact that Cyrus was about to get his husband killed to mm. keep this on the hush, mm. I was like, that oh. was That was crazy. That, that scene was really disturbing to me. You know what? The, my favorite scene in this whole episode is <laughs> the one of the two naked men, as you call it. Yes, yes. Cyrus and James talking to each other, and James... Um, no, Cyrus admitting the fact that he actually stole the White House. Mm-hmm. That was phenomenal. That whole scene, it started as comedy. Yeah. And then by the time it was done, your heart was like in pieces for Cyrus. Because he was, that, that, I will give you that. I didn't, I found it, I found it went on a little too long. But I will say this, the speech that Cyrus gave when he's sitting on the, on the bed talking about how he was supposed to be president gave me an entirely new sense of his character and I suddenly understood yep. all of his motivations. I had yep. no idea why he was so passionate before and now I know exactly why. And it it, it was like it gave a couple of like t- disturbing truths. He says, "I am I'm short, I'm not so pretty and I like to have sex with men." <laughs> that is the reason why he could never be president. So who was the president in, uh, now? This tall dude who's really pretty, mm-hmm. who is basically like America's gem instead of him. I think that the writers killed it Indeed. in that scene. And it also, there was, there was a number of times in this episode where the, it, was, it was implied that Fitz, the president, was not too clever. And that he is, you know, he's, he's a good guy and he's very inspirational, but he's not brilliant. And he's not willing to make the hard decisions. And then how does it end? 
with the most significant decision, arguably, of his entire life. You know what? I think that's partly why he made that decision. The fact that, okay, first of all, Fitz then realized that this whole entire time and his presidency and all of this, he's been the vessel to other people's dreams. Mm -hmm. He's been the reason why other people are making sure their money is right. Mm-hmm. Their ambitions are set. So Melly is using him to become the first lady. Cyrus is us- using him to have this power position. Verna is using- used him to become Supreme Court justice. So when she looked at him and goes, you know, we sold our souls for you. We were devoted. And I owed it to your father. Mm. That's when he snapped because he was like, oh, I'm weak here. I'm not the one who's running stuff. Oh, so he did one thing that he had the power to do at the moment, which was to kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fantastic. How many more episodes in the season? Um, typically dramas are like twenty-two to twenty-four episodes, so I'm thinking nine more because I know ABC at first had asked for half a season of Scandal, mm-hmm. and then when like Scandal was slaying, they asked for more. Mm-hmm. So. I think nine more episodes. We will cross our fingers, but we have to double check because, you know, Shonda's team is different. Yes. Yes. Well, and also the classic uh, way of new TV in the fall and the summer hiatus is over. That's been, you know, the way it worked in the 90s is gone. And now shows start to have mid-season breaks. They start up again. Anything can go. Yep. Yep. So, but yeah. Mm. Another awesome episode of Scandal. This this show has my heart. I can't even... I, nothing should affect you to this point if it's fiction. The fact that I had to go take a shower afterwards just to go calm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, but yes. Yeah, so, that is our Scandal. Well, I don't even... I can't. That show, I tell you. So, yes. Yeah, so, how are we doing? What's, what's a life update? Tell us. Um... Well, a little crazy on our side. Um, people uh, can take a look on, uh, on, on my blog at Hanselman.com, and they can go and push in the search box and search for cancer. We announced that my wife uh, had cancer, and it was actually happening basically all of last year, but we kept it on the down low, and we actually kept it on the down low for a number of family members as well. But uh, what we ended up doing, which was really surprising to me because it's not usually my wife's style, was she kept an audio diary. She she basically did this the day after we learned she had cancer. And she said, I want to record conversations. And maybe we'll just keep it for ourselves or maybe we'll do something with it. And we recorded about eight hours of she and I talking. So we actually have the day after she learned that she had cancer all the way up till the successful second surgery and the up, you know kind of towards recovery and we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these days and I took all those 8 hours of audio and turned it into a 1 hour podcast in the style of this American life and people can go up and get that at uh, thisdeveloperslife.com or on my blog and search for cancer so she's okay we're okay and now we're hoping that we'll use this as an opportunity for for women to go and get tested because she discovered this on a standard regular going to the doctor checkup so go wow. and get tested that is the there are people who are saying that they listen to the show haven't been to the doctor in 10 years we want to make we want to stop that that is crazy yeah i'm i'm glad she's okay i'm the hug board that we talked about a couple of weeks before was mm. actually for mo so yes Beating cancer. I'm loving it. So glad she's awesome again. Yep. She's beating cancer, but I'll tell you this. I'm destroying her in Ruzzle. 
Oh, okay. Ruzzle. <laughs> Yo. Oh my goodness. I'm addicted to Ruzzle. Ruzzle is a new word game yeah. that's basically like scramble with friends. Right. And I must say I have beat Scott about five times. And I think he's beat me twice. Yeah. It's pretty it, I'm I'm just I don't have the brain for it. You you said in the chat on Ruzzle that it's I'm not an English major, you know. This is not how it works. It's you know, it's 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 scramble, it's boggle, it's a grid of 4 by 4 and you have to draw the the words and I can get cat and dog and and I go, "Oh, I got yes." <laughs> Cats, dog, double points. <laughs> and then you'll bust out like three and four words that are seven, eight letters long. And I'm like, I don't even, even see it after I've seen the solution. I still don't see the word. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've been beating Scott and Russell. But here's the thing. He does the math. I do the science. No. He does the math. I do the words. Yes. I, I also suck at science. So I, yes. I wouldn't even claim that. <laughs> Yeah, no, Ruzzle's awesome. Like, I think I've played almost 200 games of Ruzzle, and I started playing, like, maybe a month and a half ago. One of the fun things about Ruzzle is the achievements. Uh, it one of the uh, There was yes. one that said that I've moved my fingers, like, 200 meters. Yes, or... I got that achievement, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is really pitiful yeah. that I get excited over badges in a game that's giving me no prizes in real life. And it's fascinating to get beat by different people and to see how bad I'm getting beat. Like my my friend yeah. my friend Twana is destroying me just like to the point where I need to just stop playing her because it must be wasting her time. You know I mean? Like the score <laughs> you know is so embarrassing. <laughs> me and my friend actually talked about that. We've played a couple of people where the scores are so unbalanced that in round three we actually quit halfway through and just <laughs> let it run out. So it's not like a crazy discrepancy. Yeah. But what's funny is my 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 nephew is seven. And he discovered. I showed. I was playing Ruzzle one day on my phone. Mm-hmm. He started. He's like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "It's Ruzzle. This this word game." Mm. So he downloads it on his iPad because, of course, he has an iPad. And he's like, "Okay, I want to play Ruzzle." So I I showed him really quickly how to play it. And he joins Ruzzle, and then he we challenge each other to a game. Mm. And you know, he's seven, so I took it easy on him. In the first game. How about he beat me 600 to 400 or something like that? And I was like, mm-hmm. here I go thinking I was taking it easy. So I told my sister I was taking it easy on him. She's like, do not take it easy on him. I do not want him to have false confidence. So then the next time I beat him like 2,000 or 600. Mm-hmm. But he's seven and he scored 600 points on Russell. Yeah, Some I need to I've stop. Played. Some people I've played have barely scored 600 and they've grown. I was like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. not my thing. I'm, see, you just said that you're the English and I'm the math and the science and the physics. I'll play Angry Birds. I'll destroy you in Angry Birds. You know what? I cannot figure out Angry Birds. See? I am an Angry Birds delinquent, and I have I stopped. I and played one all game, is right and I was with like, the world. "Right, see, we balance. We're balanced. We keep it balanced." <laughs> I am an Angry Birds like delinquent. I can't do it. You know, and what I hate about Angry Birds, though, and and I, it frustrates me because the kids have got I. Uh, I, uh, what do you call them? iPod touches. Mm-hmm. They, they call them iPhones. They don't. They're not a phone. But and then I've got my iPad, and the uh, the save games don't sync. So I'll go to all this work. I'll put all this investment. You see how I just <laughs> called it investment. I'll put investment into Angry Birds, and then I'll go to my son's uh, device, and it's like, oh, you're on level one one. I mean, that's just like winning Mario, and then you move to another Nintendo, and then your save game is gone. Oh, I, that would hurt my feelings. Remember when you used to pause a Mario game just so you don't lose your space and you yes. be paused for like seven hours? Yeah, you play it in the morning, <laughs> pause, go to school, come back, unpause. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that now. Your Xbox overheat. 
Right. Like, nope, nope. Now they actually let you save it and start from wherever you start ended. Mm, mm, mm. But yeah, so what gadgets you got? I know you got some new gadgets. I am, you know, I, I'm changing my opinion about my uh, my Kindle. I got the Kindle Touch. I replaced mm-hmm. my Kindle 3G, the one with the uh, keyboard. And the thing about the Kindle Touch that is uh, that is great is the case. It sounds silly because the case doesn't come with it. But when you add the case, it's like the iPod case. It has a, um, or iPad case, it has a magnet. So when you close it, it turns off. And when you open it, it turns back on. So it's, hmm. it's it sounds so silly that to remove the idea of an on-off button somehow mm-hmm. makes this this fake book feel more <laughs> like a book. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because you can you close it and it's done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's fantastic. I'm I'm really actually enjoying it. It's the Kindle uh, Paperwhite. Uh, I I picked it up and I initially didn't like it, but the case made the difference. And and now I'm I'm telling people that it's a beautiful device. And I'm reading I'm reading Jack Reacher. You ever you ever see Jack Reacher? Mm-mm. You know about this? This is the movie with Tom Cruise. Mm-mm. Remember? Mm-mm. You don't follow Tom no. Cruise. No. Okay. So I check, do not. Long story short. There's this legendary book series, 17 books, okay? It's still going. And there's this Sheesh. military policeman named Jack Reacher, and it's a movie. It became a movie. This is the one where Tom Cruise beats all those dudes up on the street, and he tells the one dude, you remember now, you wanted this. And then little Tom Cruise, remember how I, I Lil, <laughs> Little Tom Lil, Cruise. It's, it's L-I-L apostrophe. <laughs> so, so I couldn't figure out why so many people online were mad about this. And then I read the first Jack Reacher book. Jack Reacher is six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds, blonde. Played and Tom Cruise played him in the movie. Little Tom Cruise. It must have been opposite day. Yeah, I didn't. I thought I was watching The Hobbit. <laughs> it must have been hop- opposite. See, Tom Cruise is clearly an egomaniac, and yeah, no, that's that. What, how would you look? It's like Zoe Saldana playing Nina Simone. Oh, but don't we wouldn't talk. talk to we wouldn't even that. go there. No, no, I can't. I mean, that that hair. No, that hair. Can't. No, I'm sorry. More importantly, though, more importantly, my computer's still working. Did you ever get your MacBook fixed? Okay, so me and the Mac, me and Apple Store have been seeing each other a lot. Um, mm. We're like basically going together now. <laughs> um, so I took it to the Apple Store again after it crashed for like the third time after they fixed it. So and they say they say okay, you know what? We'll just replace the logic board. We'll replace the logic board. We'll replace the graphics card. Mm. And I'm like, do not. I told them that I have all my stuff backed up, so I'm not afraid for the. In fact, I want them to clean it all. Just give me a. When you give it back to me, I want to turn it on and I have to reinstall the. Right. the I want fresh, fresh. Yes, absolutely. Fresh Mac. Fresh and clean. So I picked it up on the way when I was leaving to go to DC. Um, I turned on in DC and it has all my data on it, and it opened to my desktop. And I was like, "Wait, this doesn't feel like a brand new uh, MacBook like it was supposed to be." Uh, either way, I have a new MacBook now, and How I have the happen? old MacBook. Did they I don't did know. they move your data for you? They migrate your data from one hard drive to the other, or do you have the old hard drive? No, they didn't give me anything. They just gave me back the computer itself back, and mm. I turned it on, and all my data is still up there. So I'm like, did you guys actually replace this logic board, or mm. did you lie to me? I don't know. It it is new though. What you mean? Is it is because you you bought you did go and you bought a Mac, right? Yeah, I have. In fact, I'm on my new MacBook. Okay, I have good. a new MacBook, so I still have the old one that I'm still like side eyeing because I'm like, I don't know what Apple did to it, if anything. So right mm. now, I still have to go back to them and be like, Hey, sell it. Sell I it. need more people. I 
Actually, I want to give it to one of my friends. It's, uh, no, see, this is. Let me just tell you. Let me interrupt you because if you give a computer that is possessed to a friend, you are emotionally tech support for that computer for the rest of your life. And unless you don't like that friend, when it eventually dies, then you'll lose that friend. Give it to a stranger. No, because if I give it, I'm giving it. That's it. <laughs> that is all. That is all it is done. I am not going to be tech support. Well, I'm tech support for most of my friends anyway with most things just because, yeah. Mm-hmm. So We all are. Yeah, I know, right? We all, yeah, once you're a techie, that's you know, what happens. I tell you, I might as well just answer the phone IT because, I mean, I'm talking <laughs> to people. And this, is why, this is why Facebook exists, right? So you can call people from high school you haven't talked to or kept in touch with for 20 years. <laughs> but I'm thinking about upgrading. Oh, how are you doing? <laughs> Greetings, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, besides that, my other new gadget is uh, I have an external battery charger now for my phone, my Samsung phone. But I really got it from Brother Tech. Brother Tech gave it to me at Blogging Lot Brown last summer, and I just, I just started using it last week. So whenever my iPhone, my uh, Samsung stops and dies, mm-hmm. I just plug it in, and it usually gives me about two hours more of juice. Very cool. Brother Tech. That's Terrence Gaines. You can see him yes, at brother, the homie. Brother brothertech.com. He is the man. Those those battery chargers are fantastic. I used to carry my car around as a backup battery, but now I've got that. <laughs> Not your car. Oh, my goodness. Like, go ahead, plug it right quick into the engine. No. We've all been like that. You tell me you have not you have not lived unless you have walked around in a convention with a laptop under your arm, a USB cable, and a phone plugged in where you're using your <laughs> laptop battery to charge your phone. And the cool thing is this external charger thing. My it it's charged with from my la, uh from my laptop. Oh, that's nice. One less cord to carry around. Mhm, mhm. So there's no cords. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's beautiful. I'm on one percent battery right now, so I know the feeling. <laughs> the struggle. The struggle. The battery struggle. I've actually charged three times today. Got that push email struggle. See. I don't do that. I actually take off push on all my um, apps on my phone because mm. I don't need to be notified every time something happens on Instagram. I will go into Instagram <laughs> when I care to. Don't be telling, you know, that thing is really interrupting and annoying. It so is a I problem. If you're, if you're creeping around stalking somebody on Instagram and you accidentally double tap, yeah, they're going to catch you. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Speaking of double tapping, I actually double tapped on a picture of little Kim's face. What was that about? Oh, my gosh. So I put this on Instagram this week because somebody sent me a picture of little Kim. And I promise you, she looks just like Milan from the Disney movies. Like the cartoon in real the cartoon life. In real life. <laughs> I was like, how do you start as a black woman? And end up looking like an Asian cartoon. <laughs> that is oh, when you have failed. That yeah. is when you have failed. It's just sad because she was cute, you know. She was like America's sweetheart, or at least part of America's sweetheart. And now it's just, it's just a train wreck. And you just gotta wonder what's wrong with her self-esteem that she's gotta do that to herself. I don't even understand her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, Kim, you used to be cute, and now she's gotten boob jobs. In fact, I'm gonna all plural. of this is plural, 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 boob jobs, nose jobs. She's gotten cheek implants. Hmm. And her and her eyes tightened. 
<laughs> I gotta tighten up those eyes now. Like those tighten loose, up them eyes. Loose eyes. Yeah, like she wanted almond eyes, and now she has them, and she looks crazy. <laughs> That's pathetic. You don't have her I on dumbest she... tweets, do you? No, and I think she has her um her ribs taken out. Oh, dumbest tweets though. <laughs> I'm looking on you got you got Rick Rose on on your dumbest tweets today. Mine on my money. Mine on your money and your money in in a mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rick Rose has earned that spot on dumbest tweets this this week. And for people who missed the inauguration dumbest tweets, there were many people who could not spell it correctly. Mm. So that was awesome to post. Yeah. Oh, dumbest. So yes. Now what we I wanted to talk about, and I told Scott last night uh, when I was having this rant on the Twitters, is so there's this dude, Jason. What's his last name, Scott? Calcanis. He's a famous. Uh, what do you call it? Financial VVC. He's a technical guy. He invented. Right. He invented a bunch of. He didn't invent. He was an internet guy in the first dot plot. He did weblogs.com, you know. So he, Oh, wow. Yeah. He was like so one of the first bloggers. This dude is dumb rich. He is Silicon Valley everything. And yeah, that's his frame of reference. And he's from Brooklyn, right? Or something like that. So he writes a well, blog. Well, he's from Bay Ridge, but yeah. Oh, God. That is not. Okay. That is not Brooklyn. Whatever. I'm, you know. Bay Ridge, comma, Brooklyn. I don't have comma. I'm from Portland, to... comma, Brooklyn. So, you know. <laughs> right, right. He <laughs> wants to claim Brooklyn to show up. No, I, I've been claiming Brooklyn before I even ever been to Brooklyn, but that's just me. <laughs> Get your life, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason writes this piece about how he doesn't understand people saying there's no diversity in tech when there is diversity because tech is a meritocracy and the meritocracy. people who work their way up did it because just through hard work so you know everyone has a chance right and so i call i did not agree with that i think you called him out i called him out on it yesterday because i'm i think that's really narrow because most tech folks the tech industry looks really white and male and my favorite tech blog is mashable I read mm-hmm. Mashable every day, all 500 posts they put up every day, mm. just because it really does keep me in the know and it makes sure I'm on top of what's happening. Because as a social media strategist and whatever tech other random top, you know, titles people want to call themselves, mm-hmm. you might want to stay up on what's happening. Love Mashable, but Mashable is super white. Yeah, it is. Super white, super male. There's a couple of women who write for them, but mostly it's men. And well, yeah, and the way you know that an, an organization, that a that an industry is not uh, diverse, is when there are still lists of top twenty-five black women in tech. Right. And you and say twenty-five. <laughs> just twenty-five, huh? But see, <laughs> Mashable is also super white because. The only times I ever see any pieces on Mashable that are brown faces mm-hmm. or talking about startups that brown people have created, yep, ew, it's rare. The, the few times I've seen them talk about black folks in the past like a couple of months have been them posting up um, videos like crazy dunks on YouTube. Check out this crazy dunk that this basketball player did. And it's like, really? The only things y'all can put up that black folks are involved in that's tech-related are dunks. Mm. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to yeah, talk about it. Go ahead, Scott. What is your perspective on this? 
because I have thoughts. I know you have thoughts. So people, people, <laughs> how do you handle this? We you know how do you handle it in in a, in a podcast that's only so long, right? There's a there's a tweet by a guy named Tim Malley. He's a guy on Twitter at Twitter uh, slash doing it wrong, and he's got this amazing tweet. And the tweet is, making it as a writer requires a lot of work and a fair bit of luck. As a white dude writing about tech, I'm more likely to experience luck. Mm, so that's deep. What is what is white privilege, right? What does it mean to have privilege? There's also a great cartoon up at Gradient Lair. Uh, it's a blog about black women in art and media. We'll have the link up on the show. And it talks about how, you know, let's imagine Bob is saying, I've never benefited from racism. But then you go back to his great, great, great grandparents and the immigration laws of the 1800s. And then you think about how uh, mortgage loans were passed out in the early 1900s. And then you think Mm -hmm. about how people were given jobs in the 30s and 40s and how uh, white, you know, how white flight occurred and why cities are laid out the way that they are. Here's the thing, though, and I think that, that me as a black me as a black me as a white guy, I want you as a black person to understand, and this is where I think we, the discussion should go, lovey, is while I recognize that I am standing on these shoulders and the shoulders are probably the hard work of of black folks in some instances, how do I own that? You know, the idea of it, it's part of our heritage as white people, but it's not part of me. How do I, how do I, rec- how do I recognize it without having to be crushed by the weight of it? Right. Okay, so the thing is, I think the recognition of it is even more than I can say for most people. Because like this Jason guy, for example, for him to actually sit up there and tell me yesterday, my facts are wrong and he knows so many brown and Asian people and Indian people and Latino people in tech. Mm, yeah. So my facts are wrong is basically discrediting the fact that in my experience, mm. diversity in tech has been very small. If I'm not going to blogging about brown and I'm speaking at a just a mainstream conference, mm-hmm. odds are I'll be one of a handful of black people there. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing and what some other people do is because they know a couple of Asian people or a couple of Latino people in tech, surely everywhere looks just like that. Right. And he's making it seem like his story and his experience is everyone else's experience. Right. Well, the old joke Which- is if you're counting your black friends, you have not enough black friends. Exactly. Like, he's the kind of guy who's like, what? I know Asian people. I'm friends with Latino people. And he's like, and I didn't come from Silicon Valley. In fact, most people in Silicon Valley didn't grow up in Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley didn't even exist until 30 years ago, something like that. So in, in the Silicon Valley we know today that has Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all those startups didn't exist. Yeah, it well, was they're, tech, they're tech immigrants. Exactly. I'm like, everyone in tech clearly migrated to tech because tech was never really huge. This is like the second industrial revolution, they're mm. saying. So his experience, I came from Brooklyn and I came from nothing and I built into this empire. You might have come from nothing and built this empire, but you have to understand that the skin that you have, the skin you're in, mm-hmm. makes it easier for you and makes it easier for the door to be open. I can open the door too, but for you, the door is wider just because mm. you're white. It's 
you can't even for him not to acknowledge that i was like you are very narrow-minded exactly that's a very narrow thing and so your question on how it doesn't crush you I mean, it's not your personal responsibility to make sure that there's diversity in tech. It's yours to just really, I think for you, you are in an interesting space because you don't just have white friends and you don't just interact with white people every single day. And I'm not just talking about surface friends. Like you actually have good friends who are in the industry who are of different backgrounds. Mm. And you, I mean, the fact that Ratchet and the Geek exists, here you go. White man, black woman, having a podcast together—that's rare. Yep, yep. There's we a rare. yeah. There's another great tweet from uh, a woman named Anne who uh, runs Afrolicious dot com. Oh, Afrolicious, yeah. Right, yeah. So she says, if you want to see more diversity in insert industry here, give underrepresented communities resources, and then sit back and shut up. And that's a very different perspective than your kind of classic, uh, what I call pie chart diversity. Pie chart diversity is is uh, you know Nickelodeon diversity. That's where you need to have. We gotta have a black guy. You gotta have an Asian girl. You gotta have a Latino guy. Then you have a white girl and a white guy. And that's they got a pie chart that looks nice. Captain Captain Planet. Yes. Right. Exactly. You got you get everybody on Captain Planet. But what she's saying is this is a matter of opportunity of recognition. It's like it's why we like Black Girls Code and the work that Kimberly Bryant is doing is because she's saying. We don't know if these little girls want to be programmers or not. We do right. know that they may not, they don't have any programmer um, role models, so let's put the resources in front of them, see right. if they'll build robots, and see if they'll write web pages, and then sit back and shut up. Right. And there's a um, new initiative. I don't know if you know Catherine Finney, who's the budget fashionista. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the OGs of blogging for real and huge deal. So she started this company last year called Digital Undivided. Mm. And the whole goal of Digital Undivided is to get 100 startups that are founded by black women funded by venture capitalists by 2015. Yeah, that's a very, very uh, lofty goal. And that's what makes Catherine really cool. She doesn't make small goals. She'll make a big one and then she'll do it anyway. And she had her first Focus 100 conference in uh, October and invited like six or seven venture capitalists there, including one of them from Anderson Horowitz, the company that funded Facebook. Mm -hmm. So the point is that like, we are kind of shut out the space because when people think of tech, they don't think of black women. They think of white men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we are trying to redefine what tech looks like. Tech looks like anybody who wants to be in tech. And I think white men don't understand that because they still with the country club mentality. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's a merit- meritocracy. But when you walk into a boardroom or when you walk into Fortune 500 company meetings of most of the top tech companies are you gonna see a lot of black women there no okay okay but let me take the alternate tech though what should i feel or think or do as a as a white guy and say wait a second there's a conference now you know there's digital undivided there's focus 100 that that i'm being excluded on i you know i uh, i can't be a part of that well you can be a part of it in certain ways like you won't be excluded if you're like hey how can i support it hmm you know, this is one space that I'm, I think is necessary to see people who look just like me as opposed to people who look like you, who I see everywhere. So what you can do, honestly, would be just to like, what can I do to support it? What do you, like, how can I give this some type of, how can I bring value to the conversation? Mm, mm. So if you wanted to come to Focus 100, I doubt they would say no. 
<laughs> They'd give me a side eye, though, probably for a little while. Mm, no, but what would you come for? You have to know what you're coming for. Yeah, I would come to support and provide whatever resources that I would have to help people. Boom. Like, you know, at Focus 100, people got a chance to actually pitch their uh, their startups mm. to these VCs. So if someone like you came, we also had like an hour of mentorship sessions where every fellow at Focus was paired with a very specific mentor based on their background and their interests. Mm-hmm. And they just had a conversation. So my mentor ended up being Majora Carter. Oh, she's awesome. Majora Carter ah. is amazing. For She did Sustainable South Bronx. Oh, amazing. And we look like twinsies. It's and crazy. It's awesome. I, it was like I, a perfect match. I was a total Majora Carter stan before I met you. And you do look exactly like her, especially if you're standing next to each other. Squinting. There's Oh, there's so many pictures. Even her husband was like, yeah, you guys look alike. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. The cheekbones, the crazy eyes, the, the locks. Yeah, no, we, me and Majora, that's like, she was supposed to be my sister or something like that. So yeah, That was beautiful. But thing. yeah, yeah, so we in tech, we just need, diversity doesn't have to be affirmative action. I'm saying is there are so many people who are qualified to speak on these panels. The fact that I have never been flown to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the world's great crimes. Lovely that you have not been flown to Europe. You, know, you, you did fly to Africa, though. That's true. They that's did true. fly you to Equatorial Guinea. And yes, I do not have an Equatorial saying, Guinea stamp in my passport. Hey, you have 18,000 others. That but is true. My, like, I'm fine. I'm fine with the fact that I have to work 10 times as hard to now, get halfway to what you have to get. I'm, I'm, I've accepted that fact. Don't you and, think that's a little condescending? 10 times? I mean, seriously, like as a white man, I'm thinking 10 times, really 10 times? Yeah. Maybe like two and a half times. I mean, no, no. 10 times, really seriously. I take five. I say five to 10 five times. times. All right, I'll give every you time, four every and a time third. I walk, nope. Every time I walk into a room, I have to prove that I belong there. You don't mm. have to necessarily prove. Every time I walk into a room, every time I'm at a conference that's mm. not all black folk, I have to make sure. How much I, is that being black and how much is that being female? Would a black Both. man have a different experience? Don't you think that, like my good friend Anwan Simmons, has a presence about him that commands a certain amount of respect, nah. but he also dresses real sharp. I mean, what I'm saying is that skin color is a part of it, but so is something as simple as height. All of our, almost all of our presidents have been over six foot. But you know what, though? Honestly, in this case, to like drill it down to the simple piece, mm-hmm. yes, Anwan still has to check, has to make sure he proves himself to more than you ever have to. Mm. And that's the point. So it's me. Edwan as a black man has to prove himself twice as hard as you do. Mm. Me, I have to prove myself three times as hard as Edwan. <laughs> we got to do. We got to write down the calculus. The racial calculus right. of this is extremely complicated. <laughs> the algebra and the phys. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we. You know, twenty third. I'm not against it. I will rise against the challenge. I'm fine with having to prove myself because it will keep me on my toes and it will keep me fresh and best. Well, on my game. I will be right behind you just fighting the air on your behalf. <laughs> Thank you kindly. I appreciate that. <laughs> that is appreciated. Yeah. All right. All right. See, we just solved the world's racial problems right here. We're sure post-racial did. suddenly. 43 minutes in, we're post-racial. No, we're post-racial. not. Post-racial. No, I know, right. <laughs> for, for, for a few minutes every week, we are on the Ratchet and the Geek, but it's all good. Word up. So... <laughs> Yes. What we got going? So what else? Uh, the only other thing I got going right now is um, I, I did this video for people doing um, who are upgrading to Windows 8. This was just something I did on my own. I think I told you a while back I did a video at Burger King. Did I tell you about that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recorded a how to use Windows 8 in three minutes, but I did it at Burger King on a Bluetooth, and it just was awful. And I got an email from, a, from a, an older gentleman who was basically very angry at me. And he was like, you know, you young people, you're just zipping around, clickety, clickety, clickety. And I hate Windows 8 even more now than I saw your video. You're just trying to show off. So I sat down and I did 25 minutes, step by step, explaining to normal people, not clickety, clickety people, how to use use Windows 8. And uh, it's doing all right. The the three-minute video has got a half million views on on youtube Dang. but this one's got fifty thousand, so it's coming up coming up but it's 25 minutes long it's kind of hard to get page views with a 25 minute long video yes, that's a long but time. if you are angry at your laptop and you don't like windows 8 like uh actually a friend of mine on twitter uh, emo kids love me was just about ready to send her her machine back she bought her mom a laptop was just getting ready to take it back i said watch this video and she says i don't hate it as much now <laughs> well, that's a good, that's a compliment. Yeah. I don't hate it as much. Yeah, I'm not sure that my bosses would appreciate that at Microsoft, but I did it on the side as my own thing. I am not paid to make that video, so forget those people. Cool, but yeah, what I got going is so right now I am knee deep into my nonprofit's uh, Rock the Red Pump campaign. Mm, the 2013 campaign is happening. Yes, the fifth annual campaign is happening right now. So what we're doing is asking bloggers to sign up and put their badge, uh, put one of the red pump badges on their website sidebars. Mm-hmm. And then on National Women and Girls AIDS Day, which is March 10th, they talk about HIV AIDS on their blog. And then we're asking, you know, people, even if you don't have a blog... Get a pair of red shoes. They don't mm-hmm. have to be pumps. They can be flats. And on March 10th, put them on and upload a picture of yourself to our Facebook fan page. So I hope you guys will sign up. Yes. Yes, that, that is, is a March 10th. That's a Sunday. Wear your red shoes to church. Yes. Don't, uh, don't feel bad wearing red shoes yes. to church. Yes. You go into the grocery store, but that day, put on some pair of red shoes. Absolutely. If you go into IHOP. Darn, I missed IHOP's free pancake day. Dude, I just remembered. Oh, mm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a man, uh, if you're a man, wear a pair of red, uh, you know, Chuck Taylors. Yeah, wear a pair of Chucks, Jordans, or even put on a pair, you know, put on a red tie and take mm-hmm. a picture. Upload to RedPump. Uh, come to Facebook.com slash RedPump. Mm-hmm. Or the RedPumpProject.org. Yes, RedPump.org. And then, boom. So that's what we're working on. And I'm going to be on TV tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, today, for the people who are listening right now, mm-hmm. on WGN, they're doing a feature on Red Pump. WHEN Chicago, very own source for breaking news. But WGN is, it's like a cable channel, actually. Is it? Yes. Like, people get it from all over the country. Oh, this is fantastic. Then I will TiVo you. Yes. Check it out. You might actually be able to see me on WGN. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you kindly. I hate watching myself on TV, so I'm, like, nervous about it. Is it snowing but- yet over there? Is it? It's a storm, apparently. <laughs> they said it's going to be, what, about half a foot? Yep. Mm, mm, mm. Well, you can just go back and watch Scandal on Netflix then. Uh, clearly, I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will go watch season one, and I might write recaps for season one. <laughs> that would be actually a really good idea, just to put the archive out there, Scandal recaps going back all the way. Yep. I might actually end up doing that, like, boom. If y'all need scandal recaps, I got you. And my scandal recap is already up, so this last episode, check it out. 
Very cool. I think that's lucky episode number seven. Yes, the longest episode we've done yet, but we had things to talk about. It had been a while. Yeah, I don't know, man. We need to cut something out, but we're going to be almost an hour-long show now. We'll have to. Next thing you know, we'll be live streaming 24 hours a day. Oh my God, never. (laughs) I'm totally not interested enough for a reality TV show. No? Okay. Well, then instead, we'll come back uh, in two weeks. Yes, indeed. Oh, wait. In two weeks, I will be in Nigeria. Oh. I'm going to speak at Social Media Week Lagos. Oh, because people don't fly to Europe. Oh. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. I had to go. It's on my home turf. Oh, and please, please. I would like to say my panel is actually number one right now. Oh, Thanks. cool. Very cool. Well, I'm so glad that I was not invited to go to Legos. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. You didn't pitch a panel. You ain't well, pitched one. that's fine. I'll be, in Chip- I'll be at Chipotle. So forget you with your fancy. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Fancy. All right. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can, either maybe next week or a uh, week after you get back from Nigeria. Yeah, hopefully next week. No, I have a 6.30 flight. Yep, nope. About the week after I come back from Nigeria. All right, cool. Well, I hope you have a blast. I shall, I shall. All right, bye-bye, everybody. Peace out.